Hockey World. We are here at the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. The podcast comes every Monday through Friday. If you're coming to Hockey World, but I'll talk about that after Brett, 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 after Russ. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend of mine named Brett right before this. After Russ Cohen, the great Russ Cohen, has something to say. Yeah, so let's, um, I want to talk about boxing for a minute, or I'm going to put in air quotes boxing, because um, Jake Paul is going to fight a guy named Nate Diaz. Now, Jake Paul just lost his last fight. He's a social media influencer. He's really not a fighter. Uh, we've talked about him once before because I think it takes, you know, half a lifetime to learn how to box. Most athletes, when they've tried to box, and he's not an athlete, but I'm just saying, when they end their at- athletic career, they try and box. They're not very good. There's a reason. There's a science behind it. So now he's going to fight a guy who's 37 years old, who happens to not be in MMA anymore. He's a free agent, but he's not a boxer either. So like in the old days, they'd have called him a tomato can. And it's just like, I don't know why anybody would give money for these gimmick fights because they're not even real boxing matches. I just, I feel bad because I got to see some of the greatest boxers ever in my lifetime. And especially, uh, growing up like in the 70s it was unbelievable but it was really good all through the the 90s too but it's at a point now where it's almost like professional wrestling and it's just well you've seen i probably you've seen the social like they're used like youtubers and stuff like that fighting each other yeah these big you know for you go do it in your go do it in your friend's backyard with five people watching who cares how many people how many how much money do you think we raised if i was to say fight greg wasinski it's like out of hell, it's just like a thousand, to to a thousand bucks. You think I could make a thousand bucks out of that because I could use a thousand bucks, right? Think I could do that? Sure. I, you know, I, I think you're selling you're selling the Eklund short. I, I think there are a lot of people that would pay five thousand. See that? To, to like see Gary and I just box? See, Joe, I would go five thousand. I mean, I would back you. Let's all admit that I could take Greg. Not only would I back you, I would I would be your manager. I would, right. I, I would back you and be your manager. How, so, would, you, how would you recommend that fight? Oh, I would fight? say no. Yeah, I would say don't. I would just say don't fight, personally. I, mean, I don't want to fight, but I could use my uh, – in college, Joe, and another one is going to be there soon. I, I can, I can, are you guys, you guys are primarily in the same weight class, aren't you? More yeah, or less? I mean, well, I mean, to be fair – X a little bigger than Greg, but I am bigger than Greg. And I think it, <laughs> the, the only, not just like not just like bigger, like the only everything. way. The only way I am watching a fight involving Jake Paul is if he's fighting a real boxer who will kick the crap out of him. I I don't like these like TikTok YouTube stars that think they're real athletes and they're fighting like tomato cans, like you said, Russ, like Nate Robinson, the former NBA guard who Jake Paul kicked the crap out of. It's like what where are there where is there entertainment in this? I don't get it. I'm more offended that he doesn't wear a GoPro during these fights. I mean, what the hell is he doing? He's a YouTube guy. He's not wearing a GoPro getting fights. Come on. That's an opportunity. I, I, I got to wonder, too, if a quality liberal like Russ can use the the, the term tomato can. To, <laughs> like, that's, it seems a little insulting. It encouraged me to liberal. Kevin. I tried to go past it. It yeah. is what it is, Kevin. Well, I'm going you know, and you know, I just, you know, I certainly respect you as a liberal, but it was respect him as a liberal. I respect him, but not as a liberal. But um, the, uh, <laughs> I'm calling out right now, though. I, I forgive you for your political views. That's the uh, how I see thank it. you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Greg wants to fight me. I'll He's on. I'll split yeah. the money for college, our kids' college funds. All right, let's do it. Well, right. we, we could have, we could have seen a uh, a. Uh, 
Rick Bonus versus uh, Dean Evison fight last night. Yeah, we'll night. talk about that. Yeah, on the hot. It was I'm, almost. It was almost like you remember. Was it Glenn Sonmore and uh, Jock Demers in, in a Detroit, Minnesota game? Oh, John Tortorella bumped. Who did he bump walking in the hallway the wrong way? Um, uh, Ryan McGratton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no bad idea what? that was. That was a bad idea. One yeah. of the aspects of our business that really bugs me, and I don't know why, but I feel like Mike DiGello, uh on this <laughs> one. Um, but it bugs me is, is that how often we have to, and I'm going to use this, put up with the, um, you know, no one gave us any respect. Everyone wrote us off. Right, right. Or all the people who get somewhere, like, it seems like in the whole world, Nobody has ever had anybody supporting them for any reason whatsoever. Like, no matter what, what profession you know, there's always someone. So, well, people told me I couldn't do it. And who are did, all these people that are? To, if you did, Kev, you wouldn't be able to shock the world then. And that's the whole. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, I just saw last night, yesterday, like, the theme after the Jets won yeah. was nobody believed in us. They tried to write us yeah. off. And, and well, here we are. You know, well, where you are is the last playoff. I wrote them off because they choked away their entire lead. That's right. Off, like, come on, Joe. Right, Joe. Yeah, yeah. They invited the Preds and Flames back into the fight. Like, come on. Yeah, they did. They really did. I mean, they they played horrible for a good eighty percent of the middle season. It was just disingenuous. Like, I mean, they started out like an elite team in the league, and then they went in January and they lost like nine out of eleven or whatever it was, ten out of twelve. And then everybody said, well, maybe they weren't as good. That's all that happened. Nobody- yeah, but a lot of times they'll throw it on the media like, well, you guys didn't believe in us or whatever. And it's like, you know, the media has to report on all these horrible games. After a while, it's kind of hard to believe in it. Yeah. My, fa- my favorite uh, nobody believed in us one was, I think it was after one of the Patriots Super Bowl wins. I'm like, nobody believed in us. I'm like, get out of here. Nobody wanted you to win. It's a different thing. Yeah. Nobody wants you to win. It's different than nobody believing in us. We all believe in you. Nobody believed in the Buffalo Bills, and they shouldn't because they didn't. <laughs> right, right. One second. Right there. Hold on. Okay. Should we start the show, Act? No. Wait one second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's um, not ready. He's not He's not ready. Uh, Russ, how about the – is it 11-0 now? Tampa yes, Tampa, Tampa is 11-0, and, and- – uh, when do they play a major league baseball team? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Oh, man, I, they're a good team, Joe. It, it doesn't even matter, even if they weren't, but like, they are a good team. But if you start off a major league season 11 and 0, 12 and 0, 13 and 0, something like that, you have a probably an 85% chance or better to make the playoffs at that point. Well, what was, what was the record? No, the man, record? there's a lot of teams I remember starting off super hot like that. And then uh, well, that, that Tigers and 84 team, Kev, they started 45 and five. I covered five and five. Yeah. And then they just coasted to the. That's yeah. I actually bought a Detroit Tigers hat that year. Yeah. Well, I mean, coasting was the right word for that because they, it was like they were in a wagon going downhill. Everybody yeah. climbed aboard and they just right. coasted in. So, all right, they're a great team, but I, I've seen that Tampa Bay team, and uh, I agree with Joe's assessment. They haven't played teams that were, you know, playing at a high level. But it doesn't matter who you're playing; the, right. the, the amount of runs they're scoring, and you know, they're so good in every aspect. Like their pitching is, and Shane uh, McClanahan is a Cy Young, a legitimate. Yeah, star. and their defense is good, and Franco's a rising star, and. Everybody they bring up to replace guys that they moved out because they didn't want to pay them, they're, they're good. I mean, I'll give you one little bit of analysis. Their, uh, one thing they're doing that a lot of other teams – sorry, Joe. 
The one thing they're doing that a lot of other teams aren't is they have figured out the pitch clock before anybody else, and all their pitchers pitch at the right pace, and they don't get tired out, and that has benefited them greatly. So I give their coaching staff tremendous marks. Well, yeah, Russ, they they all came up out of AAA last year because they're recycling everybody. Of course they're ready. Right, but that's – listen, however, it's a benefit. Sure. Everybody's got a AAA team. They could have checked with that manager on how to do it. I'm just uh, I'm just excited to see when they raise their banner for their hot start. That's all. Hello, you know, Sam. Although it's been 13 years for the Yankees, like you know, pipe down. Playoffs, come on. Just just for a moment, like a we made the playoffs, second. raise a banner. <laughs> just for a moment or a brief second, Joe sounded like Micah Jello. <laughs> did, did you did you catch that? I've been yeah. working on my impressions, Kevin. I'm glad. Yeah, you know. yeah. Just just for a second. Make sure it's at least I'm happier than Mike. Um, all right, here we go. Ready? Yes. <laughs> Didn't we do this already? No. Oh, <laughs> try to. Hello, Hockey World. It is Wednesday, April twelfth, two thousand and twenty-three. I'm Michael Agello, and sometimes sounding like Michael Agello and feeling like Michael Agello is a great thing. I, I'm Joe Yurden from Noted Hockey and Bleach Report. I'm not Michael Agello, even no. though I sometimes play him on the internet. <laughs> Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Joe and Alan, I'm not quite sure who I am today. <laughs> and I'm Eglin, I've known Mike longer than all of you put together. Um, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes here Monday through Friday to figure out the comings and goings in the hockey world. And we have a couple teams going, Joe. Um, but we're gonna, but we're gonna. I watched that game last night, but I think before we go there, we have to talk about one of the craziest things that has happened in a long time, and that is that Penguins-Hawks game last night. Thank you. Which is just absolutely one of those moments like that just baffles the mind, like that, that you could be in Pittsburgh at home and lose pretty handily. Like like they weren't even in the game most of the, I mean, they really weren't. To a team that is going nowhere at all and, and jeopardize your entire playoff run, and I mean, of course, the happy people in the world, the Florida Panthers, sit there watching that. They're like, "There's no way in the world they thought that was going to happen." And the, and the Islanders, who they let off the hook after blowing that game against Washington. I mean, right. have if you get stoned by Peter Morazic, you deserve to miss the playoffs. I, you know, the one thing I would say about that is before, after the last Red Wing game, and we were all sitting around, the writers were talking about, it, and almost everybody there said, you know, I'm less than convinced that the Penguins are going to beat the Blackhawks because the one thing we've all noted about the Blackhawks is they've just been far more competitive yeah. than they had a right to be. Yeah. Um, and everybody's talked about that all season long. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know Mark Lazarus wrote, a, Lazarus wrote a great column where he talked about, you know, one of the problems that – um, Davidson had as a general manager is his strength is he identifies players who are better than people think they are. And that has worked against him. He said, you look at Chicago's roster and you know, you're going, well, like, what's that? You know, is that even an NHL team? But Lazarus who watched them all season said, when you watch them play every day, you think, man, those, those guys are pretty good. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, we all felt like Chicago, not, not Columbus, but Chicago was the team that was going to rise up and beat the Penguins. And also, I mean, we all know the Penguins have just been bad, a bad hockey team for a long they time. Go up and down. Yeah. So I, I I'm just wasn't surprised by that whatsoever. I mean, normally you would be, but the circumstances of Chicago all season long, yeah. how poor yeah. Pittsburgh has been, like I wasn't the least bit surprised. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was, but at the same time, you know what I've always said: when everybody picks every, when everybody picks something to happen that's going to happen, like Penguins are going to win those last two games against Chicago, Montreal, no question about it. Whenever they pick those things, it doesn't, it doesn't never happen. They, they okay, Joe. They should win those games, but the fact that they don't win those games is a commentary on that team. And we saw Pittsburgh re-sign Malkin, re-sign Lang, you know, trade for Raquel, all these things that were sort of aimed at, you know, them being competitive and keeping that group together. But the defense was a problem. They traded for Petrie. I don't think that's really worked that well. And the goaltending was the same with Jari and DeSmith. And if they miss the playoffs by a point, a point or two, you have to point to Jari getting hurt or Jari not playing well and their yeah. goaltending, and they've never addressed it. No, and the, the, the Jari thing is really what – submarine a lot of this and i this is where a lot of the criticism of ron hextall comes into play because you had to you had to know that you can't trust jari you got to find something else that works and i know you want to be loyal to your guys and to smith was you know one of their guys and they stuck with him but like they didn't do anything in the off season to address goaltending because they're thinking like wow it's fine we're gonna ride jari out like okay but the rest of this team looks like a mess and you handed out some really weird contracts because jeff yeah, Carter, think- every bit of 38 years old like all these guys that they're like they still got it but yeah they're they're old they're gonna wear down and i they, think no some of it did have to do with ownership though we've talked about it i mean there's no question ownership wanted to keep the playoff revenue coming if they could but yeah. the other thing is if you're going to rip Ron Hextall like this, you know, when does Mike Sullivan become culpable in any way? Like, nobody's saying anything yeah, about agree. Mike Sullivan. He's still behind the bench dropping these games, too. Yeah, if, if you're going to trade for a $5 million player at the deadline, it shouldn't be Michael Granlund, who's a good player, don't get me wrong. It should have been for a goaltender. Now, you know, if they can't get a Corpus run because Columbus won't trade with a team in their own division, fine. But there were other goaltenders that were available, and they could have upgraded, and they decided not to. And I think in the end, that's going to kill them, or that has killed them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it, 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 they're not dead yet. It's just like no, no, but but okay. they're not dead yet. They still get no, in there. Now, sorry, now everybody's burning incense in Pittsburgh, praying that Samuel Montembeau or or Jake Allen stone the, the Islanders blind so that they win that game and then they have a chance to blow right. the game against Columbus. Well, according to an outlet, the Islanders have already won. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter this morning. Like they, They're basically right, talking about the Islanders win. Was that Nostradamus who wrote that? No, I, I'm, I'm telling like, you, the, the luckiest team in the world from this is the Florida Panthers because I honestly yeah. felt like the Panthers were going to make the playoffs. And the Buzzcast was predicting it as, yesterday too. Like I felt like the Panthers were not going to beat Carolina because Carolina is still trying to get first overall, first in their division, and that St. Louis that, and that the Islanders and Penguins are going to wait out, and that would put Pan, that would put Panthers on the outside. And I really, I really, as a, as a kid, um, like the New York Jets were always the team that if. They made the playoffs. They always had to back in, get some help from yeah. somebody else or whatever. So I've been used to that my whole life. And I <laughs> hate it. I now basically am of, of the faith that it's just like, you know what? You get in, you get in. Who cares how you get in? I used to not like it because it sort of like was a macho thing. Like, uh, I don't want my team to back in. But you know what? You back in, you back in. Who cares? Well, of the four teams in the East that were chasing us, Buffalo and Florida were playing the best over the last month. For sure. I mean, yeah. They, they they were the teams that, and when I, and I watched the Buffalo game last night, Joe, I watched them, almost the whole game. I was they came out very strong. Uh, Mike was right in every bit that they're that they play too many games and they're they're tired, but they came out. I mean, they were way better than the Devils in that beginning of that game. And the fact is that Devils, you know, they're big, big, you know, trying to chase Carolina. They got you know got Luke in the lineup. There was a lot of pump 
pump pop and circumstance going on. The Devils fans were chanting before the puck even dropped. It was a thing, you know. And yet the yet the Sabres came out flying. They made some great plays. The Vanacek was really good, you know, like he just was really, really good. And um, you know, as we consider to see the Vanacek Samsonov castaway from the Capitals, just both are going to the playoffs, both are both are looking great. So, I mean, it but that when I'm watching that team last night, I'm like, this is a playoff team. They're not gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's tough because they had that they had an eight game streak pretty yeah. late in the season. They there was a span where they lost uh, ten of twelve. That hurts. They had a long losing streak back in November, I think it was. Yeah, November that they lost tough. all those games in regulation too. Like there was well, a streak yeah. where they lost every game in regulation. You get a couple points there. Yeah, both, and- both, both losing streaks coincidentally when Matt Matias Samuelson was out of the lineup, and then he comes back, and then they start winning again. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 tough. I mean, they played great last night for a team playing their third game in four nights. That that yeah. was an outstanding effort, and yeah, yeah Vanacek played great. Uh, hats off to him there because he was he was great. But uh, but this is this is the team that that I think finally got out of their own heads because they were in their heads for a lot of that uh, two two and twelve run because yeah. we were thinking they're like oh man playoffs are right there we got to make the playoffs we want this so yeah. bad and they're young you know it, you know pressure gets to you and that was pointed at by basically everybody as <laughs> recycling themselves out yeah and once they, they got to that point where it's like well not making the playoffs anyways let's just play <laughs> rattle off a bunch of wins in a row and you're like oh not out of it yet because everybody else in this race stinks too. But right, it's, it's, well, let's talk about the two games this. they lost though. Uh, they got goalie by Alex Lyon and then they get goalie by Vitek Vanacek. That's it's tough, yeah. Yeah, this is the elephant in the room though, because basically they shouldn't have played Devin Levi yesterday, they shouldn't have played him back to back. But they wanted Craig Anderson to play against his old team, the Ottawa Senators. So they they moved that the schedule that way for the goaltenders that way. It's not a good thing to do to a young goalie. I don't. I think they no, use that's, no. That's not the case at all, Russ. That is that is yeah. not, that is not it. They they're playing the guy that was winning them games. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, talk to people. Lukanen hadn't played in almost uh, in over, like a week and a half. Yeah, uh, Comrie hadn't played in over two weeks. Levi's playing great. Like guy that just come out of college. And now you're going to play him back to back. Right. I, I don't. I don't think it was smart. No, I think, no, I think it, was, it. I may not have been smart, but that was the that was the right call. Okay. It I wasn't about Anderson playing against Ottawa, though. I talked to people up there. It wasn't okay. about that. Yeah. 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 But here, but here, but here's the here's the issue. I mean, if they're okay, if they're riding the hot hand with Levi, okay, fine. I think their chances of making the playoffs after a certain point were infinitesimal. But where where I'm looking at is next year, Joe. And I mean, I don't think you can come back with Levi and Lukanen. I think Lukanen has proved that even you know, I don't maybe he can be an NHL backup, but I I believe he's an RFA this year, and they're going to have to pay him, and I don't think that they should pay him. Um, Anderson's going to retire. Comrie, I think, is a a 4A AHL NHL goaltender making a little less than two million bucks, and I don't think you can load sixty games on Levi. So again, oh, yeah. they have they have to go out and get a veteran goaltender to share the load with Levi. Maybe split it 40 40 mm-hmm. and and obviously improve defensively if they're going to be a playoff team next year. If they don't do that, they're yeah. gonna, they're going to ruin this kid. Well, no, I, I look at uh, the Bruins set the mold for him with Swayman. Swayman yeah. came in in Boston yeah. and was lights out, and they're like, yeah. oh, we got our goalie now, finally. And then they're like, well, he played 10 games. We're not crowning him the starter yet. Let's go get Linus Allmark. And they did. That worked. Uh, defensively, I know they're going to make a play on defense. They, they tried to get Jacob yeah. Chikrin. 
they're going to do something. The the Chikrin yeah. attempt should have been a warning signal to the rest of the guys in the group to be like, oh, they're very serious here. Yeah. Uh, that means our spots on the line. And then I, I think a couple of guys came up pretty short in that in that time since the deadline, uh, where they were playing erratically or just um, yeah. Uh, just not consistently enough to to be able to hold it down because uh, there's a couple of guys that stood out uh, late in that run. But yeah, the the off season is very important. But uh, Kevin Adams hasn't addressed goaltending really seriously in any of his well, off seasons. He's going to have to now. Yeah. What's yeah. the wisdom with him not playing in the minors in the AHL, trying to get to the Calder Cup, you know, trying to get to the playoffs, trying to go on a run? Carey Price did that. That's mm -hmm. how you do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. They're doing it backwards. Well, I, listen, I, they're doing it the way that they have to do it. Is, is they don't the, have to do it this way, Joe. Well, they yeah, they do because they're no, trying they to don't. make the playoff. No, like you got to no. tell me, Eric Comrie and you and Lukanen were playing consistent enough to be able to get them to this point that we're even having this discussion. Yeah. No chance. There's no, no way. Chance. No way. That's fine. No but again, you are now bringing in a kid, even though you're not saying that you're now bringing in a kid. In hopes that he's going to get you to the playoffs, that's a bad well, way to do it. Every 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 move they've made this year was done with this with one of the many thoughts in mind. But a key one was we're not giving up. We're not punting yeah. on anything. Right. right. This, this was a move. Well, they're giving, we're up not giving up on his development. That's what they're doing because no, no. Be you don't know that. You that that mean, you think it's oh, rough known. No, but look no, at Kevin Carter. Every goalie, even Swayman, has played fourteen AHL games. But sort of play none. And maybe he's even going to be the starter next year. It's but, not the right formula. Sort, sort of like, sort of like Pittsburgh with with them going out and getting Granlund, who's a good player. The, the Sabers went out and got Jordan got Jordan Greenway. I like him as a player. He's playing in their top six. He provides yeah. physicality, but that was not what they needed to address. I, you know, they did they play meaningful games up to game eighty. Yes, is that going to help them? Yes. But they could have made the playoffs, and that's what I again. This fan base is pissed off. Didn't make the playoffs. They weren't going to sacrifice top prospects to get no. some guy who's going. Remember, Kevin said that they they couldn't get the goalie. They tried and they couldn't get right. it. No, that's yeah. true. I get that. I get that. Yeah, I I'm sort of with Russ on this, but I'm just a little bit more open minded. I mean, he's only 21 years old, and historically, what's happened with young goalies is they come in, they play on uh, reflexes. They don't think about what's going on. And the next year they've gotten back, they've thought about what they've accomplished and they realize what's ahead of them. And they, you know, they didn't know what they didn't know. And now they know it. Right. And so like, you know, he could come in and just not be good next season. And, you know, it, you can't just put all your eggs in that basket. I'm with Russ where you got to go out and get a veteran goal. Yeah. In. No, I'm oh, in I, mean, I think too. everybody thinks that, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and not what I say too. <laughs> and, and not, and certainly not a, a guy that you, I mean, you got to get a veteran goalie that you think can play uh, a lot of games if yep. the guy fails. Now, the problem with that, and I've talked about this many times because this is what the theme that comes up when I've talked to general managers, there's nobody out there. Right. Like, you know, uh, he, he said, you know, and I last year when he was, we were talking about a goaltender with a GM, and he said, who in the heck do you think is out there? He says, because you guys talk about there's just a goalie around every corner. And when I'm talking about it, I don't see anybody I really even like. Well, I mean, there's no, according to whatever, everything that I've heard, the Sabres don't want to block Levi by going out and trading for somebody who's got long term. But 
you know, a guy like Markstrom, I think, has a couple years left in his contract, and Calgary has Vladar and and Dustin Wolf as young goaltenders, and maybe they're ready to do that. You know, we've heard Gibson, we've heard, you know, Ajari is a U is a yeah, how many games Wolf has played in the AHL to get to this point. Vimel, Vimelka, Vimelka in Arizona. So there, yeah. I mean, there are options. I don't know how good they are. You know, Cam Tell, but I don't know that that's up to Adams to be able to sort of weave through and find the guy that's a good fit. But I think they make a trade. Like again, they Calgary probably would trade you Markstrom for the next two years. You can make a call and see what they want. You can make a call for Carter Hart and see if the if the Flyers are putting him on the market for the next couple of years. Like. There's calls you can make. Now, yeah. the top prospect. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is, is there's so many variables out there. Who's going to be the G manager and general manager in Philadelphia? Is Tree Living right. going to be back in Calgary? Right. You know, because that will be the determination if those guys yes. get straight. Like, if I had to bet whether Markstrom will be in Calgary next year, I would bet he's for sure going to be in Calgary. Yeah. Um, that you know, that's just how I feel about it. Now, you know, he could be traded depending on who, you know, who's going to be the general manager, but. Um, I, I, teams are always reluctant to trade, you know, goalies who they've had for a while. So, especially ones who have who have had moments where they were really good. Like, and Markstrom has had that moment. Even even this year, there are times when Markstrom was really good, honestly. And um, I am like, well, Mike, thanks for putting up that quote. <laughs> but we might put up the quote that said Mike was exactly right. Um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, who knows? But I, the reality here is, I think from talking to some people up there, um, really close to the situation this morning in Buffalo, that they, they said that. Devin Levi, Levi is is just absolutely loved by his teammates. Like he, they, they, they think this guy. But I heard that about Luke. And no, 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 no. I mean, it, it matters if they're loved. It matters if they can stop the friggin' puck. Well, he can stop the puck. The point is, well, if they play against him in practice and they know how good he is, they know the potential this guy has. They know his personality fits beautifully with the rest of that room, and they're all growing. At the, they're they're young. They're all growing, and they've got a goal. They've got a coach there in Granada who's great at handling young personalities when they work together. Yeah, but starting it's really a nice, it's really a nice situation to have going. And I'm watching him last night. Why I say they were a playoff team? I mean, they gave a Devils team that was really going for it. Devils were playing that game like it was a big, big game. Well, it's a bit. It was a big game. They have a chance and to win. The first, the first two periods of that game were right. They were right there with them. And the night before, they take out the Rangers. You know, yeah. it's like it's like it's the Rangers were trying to win too. Yeah, it, I'm not, I, this is the thing. I love what the Sabres are doing. I love the young core group. They're very close, but they're things that I think everybody sees that they need to address. Now, they will get better defensively as they get older. They gave up 295 goals against this year. It's got to come down at least 50 or 60 goals for them to make the playoffs. They need more goal. They need more quality goaltending, and they, I think they need one to two defensemen. And if they get that, and it's not impossible because they're not overloaded with a lot of term on their contract and contracts. They can be a playoff team, but they need to address those needs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go look at Carter Hart's year 22 year and it wasn't good. Now he had two years of NHL experience before that because he came in really early. Uh, when you start, like Kevin said, and, and I've spoken to goalies about this. When you start a season flat footed, it's completely different than coming in. Like he's coming in now coming in hot. Can I can I can we talk about a couple of the games last night because the, the that wild Jets games was wild um, yeah. and you know apparently there was a bit of retribution uh, in in play there because uh, they they had they were the ones who took out Caprice off a few weeks yeah. back 
And, uh, you know, Minnesota put out Ryan Reeves and Ryan Hartman hit Ehlers and there's going to be a, a review. Now, th this is the thing. You want to make, do some retribution, fine. But if but if Ryan Hartman, who's a key player for Minnesota, gets suspended for two or three games and they're missing out him at the beginning of the playoffs, and that was absolutely dumb. But I, I do love the you know, the emotion of, you know, and I don't think, I don't think they're going to play each other, but, but the, the emotion of two division rivals going at it like that. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought, I mean, there was definitely the wild were really, they came out pissed off. They really did. They, but they also, you know, they kind of, I don't know, they let it get away from a little bit. I was a little upset with it because honestly that was a big game for them. Like they are still in the race of trying to get, you know, they're still right in there too. And they kind of just threw away two points in my mind. I, mm -hmm. I mean, getting retribution sure fine but i don't know i thought i thought they had a chance at you know home ice or, or doing something you know doing something there and they just didn't yeah they they totally punted on having any shot at home ice in that game yeah. I, I watched i only caught the third period of that one obviously i was watching the sabers but um nice. that third period seemed to be where all the action was <laughs> seemed to happen and boy oh boy the officiating let it all go like they were they they were like no no you guys will sort it out you'll sort it out and then it got really nasty and then they're like all right all right all right we'll finally right. finally start doing something it, it happened in the toronto game too i believe mike with 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 them and the lightning like it, well, I get it. Like, you gotta have a you gotta have a um you gotta have to be able to know the temperature of the game before it gets to that point and that's a couple the, of bad slip-ups ahead of the playoffs yeah the, the ref okay the referees tried to do what they normally do kev and they, you know, like if there was a scrum and things were going on, they'd pick one guy out and, and, and you know, the, thinking that that would stop it. But, of course, that was not the method methodology of the Tampa Bay Lightning. As I predicted, I knew that Tampa Bay was going to – and thankfully the Leafs, maybe they listened to me. I don't think so. But they sat Marner, Matthews, and Giordano. They sat uh, Samson off, and they played – and they, only, they ended up only playing 11 forwards and six right. defense. But Tampa Bay went at them physically. Maroon was trying to egg on bunting. Um, you know, Luke Shen dropped the gloves and beat the crap out of him. Um, yeah. Corey Perry started his stuff. But every scrum, there was something going on, and there were all the referees kept doing was picking out one guy, and they gave the Tampa Bay eight power plays and I think the Leafs six. It didn't stop them because that was not what was going on. What was going on is this was message sending in game 81 for two teams that were going to have been targeting each other for the last two months. And I, I have to give the Leafs credit. Shorthanded without their two best players, without their number one goaltender, and with a young goaltender like Joseph Ball, they they pushed back. They, 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 I think they, they stood up to uh, Tampa Bay. And if anybody inflicted pain, it was the Leafs on the Lightning, so I'm not ready to pick the Leafs over the Lightning. I still pick Tampa Bay, but I, you know, this is the best Leaf team I've we've seen in about six or oh, seven. Yeah, um, Kevin, I had a thought for you here, a question because you're always the one who says, you know, it doesn't matter. Tampa can, you know, pick it up at any time they want to. Can they? Yeah, I don't. They may, they may be, you know, at the end of the road here, but yeah. um, you know, I mean, the last year they were terrible and they ended up playing well, but this time it looks like they can't get there. That's the thing that, you it's know, yeah, it does. Um, and sooner or later, you know, it's the same thing with players. Like, yeah. you know, the problem is, you know, when a guy's been a really good playoff year, uh, player, you always think, well, he'll get there for the playoffs, but at some point he doesn't. And right. you know, the same is true on teams. Like, is this right. the year that it falls off? What worries me is you look at that defense and you look at the personnel, yeah, and you go like, "Wow, 
<laughs> like, you know, you know, yeah, they still got headmen. Um, but you know, they're trying to do it with mirrors back there now. Um, well, it, yeah. it's funny, Kev, because over the last few years, Tampa has been do has been doing with Hedman what Detroit did with Lidstrom. You know, they played Brett Lebda with Lidstrom, and it didn't hurt them because you know Lidstrom was so great. You know, he could play with an average to below average defenseman, and you can get away with it. You know, Chris Pronger in Philadelphia played with Carl. Okay, fine. He's so great that he can cover up for him. Hedman had been playing with Jan Ruta the last few years. Ruta's an average defenseman. They're playing with Darren Radish right now. And, Daniel, Darren Radish, Russ, is a, a barely an NHL defender. Oh, I know. I remember him. I mean, you can't, you can't get away with that. So, you know, they've got Cole, they've got uh, uh, Sergachev, they got Cernak, but they're not as deep on the blue line. They were trying to get a defenseman at the deadline, and they couldn't. Yeah, those three, though, they're going to ride those three yes. for massive minutes. They're going to be as dirty as can be, yeah. and they're not going to try and play a skill series against the Leafs. They're not even interested in that. No. They're, yeah. hoping, they're, they're hoping their goalie stands on their head, on his head, and they're, and they're going to be them. as dirty. They're going to be the dirtiest team in the playoffs. They're going to try to sore them every chance they get. And that, you know, that you know, they're, they're just trying to aggravate Mike. And if they can get him <laughs> aggravated, I'll write through this uh, these photos. I can see Mike's blood pressure rise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can see it going up. I, this is you know, but, yeah. but Russ is absolutely right. Like, you know, I always talk about, you know, it's never, ever one-sided. You know, it's never like you can't always say a team's going to win. It, what Usually what you're talking about is a probability. You know, like they could win, you know, Tampa Bay. Like at the start of the year, I would have thought Toronto and Tampa Bay would be each team, if you played 10 times, would win five. But I think we've reached the point now where Tampa Bay can still beat Toronto, but it would probably be only twice if they played 10 times. Yeah, um, I mean, that's you know, dead on. Yeah, because Toronto is so skilled now. And, you know, they're trying to do it with tactics that they're not all that comfortable playing, they being Tampa. You know, they're going to. Yeah. As Mike said, they're going to, you know, play a, a much tougher game. You can see that's what they plan to do as soon as they made that trade right. with Nashville. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, and they still have Vasilevsky, so that gives them a chance to win a series. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's, I, you know, so. here's the projected final standings from the Buzz Shine, which again, you know, is still still at sixty-two and a half percent on the season, still killing it. Um, this and this and it was pretty close. We were talking about this, Joe, about how I how I said Buffalo could get close last time you were on and. Like, I don't know, but they did. <laughs> they sure did. Um, actually, uh, yesterday, Buzz Ryan had the kind of point total you had him at. It was like 90. 90 Nine, it's right here. It says 90, 89. 89 now? Okay. Yeah, yeah 89. It was, at, it was at 93, and okay. that put them in the playoffs. You know, mm -hmm. um, they were in the playoffs. And even at, even before yesterday's game, which they had, had them winning last night, it had them in the playoffs. Um, all right, so here we go. The, um, so the Carolina, you know, this Carolina, New Jersey, one point separates them now. Carolina beats Florida in this scenario, gets the two points. New Jersey loses to loses their game. The Rangers win their game, but still, of course, the Rangers can't catch the Devils. So that's your that's your middle ground right there. So there's here's your initial, you know, initial. But this the crazy thing is this right here. The five point difference, right now it's four points between Tampa Bay. Right now it's four points between Tampa Bay and Florida, right? So is that right? Yeah, 96 to 92 right now. Now you want to hear it's six. Okay. So this is Tampa winning their last game and Florida losing their last game. So that gives them another choice. But there's only six points difference between the Florida Pan Florida teams is incredible. Like based on where we were this year, that the Florida made up that much ground on Tampa. Well, Florida is under or sorry, Tampa is under 500 yeah. since the deadline. Yeah, I mean, they, sure. 
Maybe. That, that, we weren't paying attention that much, but you know, Florida lost some games in the in the past few weeks that they really shouldn't have lost. A couple times they just got beaten in weird games. They lost in Philly, you know, like they lost. But I mean, they could have caught Tampa, which is astonishing. They yeah. really could. It's funny, like it, the Florida thing to me is uh, Bobrovsky playing so bad for the first what two, yeah, two and a half months of the season, and then you know Spencer Knight running into his pro- problems, and uh, I mean hopefully he hopefully he's he's recovering well from that, but yeah. I mean yeah. they had no goaltending whatsoever, like they got little to no goaltending, and then Bobrovsky woke up and he was pretty great, great the, again, the rest yeah. of the way. And then you know he gets sick recently, and then Alex Lyon steps up and just shuts the door for him. Like and it's, now, and it's now hard. they're riding the hot hand here, Joe. I mean, apparently yeah. Bobrovsky is healthy enough now, but Lyon has played so fantastic. I mean, is this yeah. a ham? This is a hamburger situation where they're going to ride Lyon into the playoffs. Yeah. It does. It feels like the hamburger. It feels like it also feels like um, what Doobie Doobie Do. Remember him? Oh, um, oh it feels like him too like you know where he came on the end of the season and got the islanders in the playoffs one year um, or, or, yeah. or or the moose uh uh johan he- or johan yeah, the minute lion loses he's out like if, if bobby's right. healthy he'll be done like, yeah that's what happened with hammond he lost game one against yeah. montreal and then they played anderson so yeah, yeah and that's what's going to happen here but here's the question though raise your hand if you think anything close to what you're seeing now is going to be the same hockey in the playoffs because we know this whole right, will completely be. change over and as soon as this regular season ends and it's going to look completely different the refs are going to call things completely different. Like right. what we're seeing and talking about now, like 20% of it will translate over. That's it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. If there's a team that wants to manipulate what's going to go on in their last game, it's right. going to be the LA Kings because if they lose and they're at 102 right now and Seattle's at 100 and if Seattle right. wins, then Seattle plays the Oilers and the and and the Kings play the uh, play either play uh, Colorado maybe Colorado maybe Dallas whoever wins. The yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I would probably rather play the winner of the Central than play Edmonton the way they've been going. Now Dallas's last two games are against you know, No, Vegas doesn't have the Pacific lockdown yet either. So. Oh, yeah. oh, no, it's tied. Yeah. The time said the Oilers are good. I think in a, in a no, round. No, this, no, is, this no, is this no. is this is the projected standings. I'll get I'll get this off the screen, press, But this is the projected standings here. So this has Dallas. Dallas's last two games are against St. Louis. It has the Buzz John has them went losing both, which is really bizarre, being that Dallas has a chance to do this. But but there's a history with Dallas and St. Louis, and you know I think you can throw it out the window because of the importance of this game. But I'm just, I'm just I, ha- I have to go with what it's saying. So it's going to say that you know if I would predict this, Dallas is not going to lose both those games to St. Louis. But you know, but this as this happens, that happens, then um, Colorado, you know, does take it pretty easily, um, and Las Vegas, you know, does take yeah. will will move ahead of Edmonton, setting up you know the Edmonton LA. But Cap, again, Cap, right now there is a there is a pall hanging over the Avalanche because it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like Landeskog is going to be ready to play. Uh, at the start of the playoffs, he's just sitting around. Makar has been out the last few games. They think he's going to play, but he's not 100%. And those are two pretty key players. I mean, I, I think their goaltending is better than it was last year. But, I mean, this is not the juggernaut that we saw going into the playoffs last season. I don't no, know. I mean, they just won five in a row. Um, I, I remember, you know, so often I've brought up the fact that if you listen to coaches, they actually – most of the time tell the truth and um, Bednar when 
Landeskog started skating, sounded alarm bells. Like I, you know, I have never seen someone just say, you know, we. He basically said, "We are concerned about uh, his long-term health and where he's going to be at as a hockey player." This is when he just started skating. Like, I think Colorado has known for a long time that there was issues here, um, and that it wasn't going. This is not a standard. He'll be out you know, four to six weeks or four to six months, and then he'll be back and be normal. I think they've uh, suspected there were going to be issues. So I think they've yeah. been planning for this. But, you know, that's a big loss. Uh, you know, they've crept up now. They were the middle of the pack as an offensive team. But, you know, to see that Colorado team in the 20s uh, for their goal scoring this season for as long as they were, um, you know, that it's just hard to take. Um, yeah. So, but you know, no. That's tough. That's a tough loss for them. But Joe, I mean, you know, you're right. They are in playoff mode now. They're eight one and one in their last ten. So you know, they they're, they're you know they're a veteran team. They're a really quality team. So you know, they're they're on the in that direction. I'm just saying, you know, they were weakened from the Kadri uh, loss uh, in free agency. I think they're a good team and they have a ton of talent, but. They're not as strong as they were last year. And Dal and Dal them and Dallas, they they've been really hot going into the playoffs. So those are two teams that could come out of the West. Yeah, I I, I just I, I know, and, and I haven't watched the ton of ton of ABS, and you know their schedule is a little bit soft recently. I mean, the last you know twenty yeah. minutes or so, it's been pretty soft. But like, still got to win the games. They won fifteen of the last nineteen. So I mean. It's they're they're a team that has a, so much talent. They've got they've got so many guys that can beat you. And Mika Rantanen is on a completely other level this season. He's yeah. ridiculous. And McKinnon's been so damn good all season. And it's I don't know. I, I think they can survive without Makar the first round, maybe even two rounds, honestly. But uh, you know, long term, uh, that, I mean, that's tough. But if all they have to do is navigate maybe a few games of the first round without Makar, they'll be fine. I'm yeah. going to read you a stat. This is a stat from Big Head Hockey on uh, Twitter. So, most points by a defenseman through 238 games in NHL history. Kale McCarr, 246. Bobby Orr, 233. They need Kale McCarr as much as they <laughs> well, Yes. In my estimation, it's going yeah, to be really hard. They need him big. They need him to be Kale McCarr from last year, too. They can't just, it has no. to be healthy and, and going. I, no, I, I know this. there's – there's a lot of talk right now about the whole LTIR situation, Kev. You know, you have Mark Stone miraculously coming back around around game 75, or you know, like he's 80 now. He's going to be back for the playoffs. Like we didn't know that that was wasn't going to happen. Uh, there was a, a lot of uh, LTIR stuff regarding the Leafs with uh, them not being able to play a goaltender because they they deemed that it wasn't an emergency situation. But then in the second of back-to-back games, they said, oh, okay. So it's sort of arbitrary by the NHL how they decided what was an ex, an ex, an emer, a valid emergency exception or not. Russ and I were talking about this. This is something that is probably going to have to be addressed or will be addressed at the next Board of Governors meeting because a lot of teams are pissed off that teams are pulling a coucher off and bringing players back after the after the uh, the regular season. But that's the CBA. You can't really do anything about that unless you're prepared to change the CBA. Kevin, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin I'll always find this, Kevin, for a second. But, no, I, I agree with you, Mike. And, and, and you know what's funny? I talked to some people who are at the um, – you know, board of governors meetings, the GM meetings that just happened in Florida. 
And I said, you know, did you guys get into this? Did you guys get into the LGIR thing? Because I've been a long proponent that something's got to change on it. It's, it's, it's too easy to fake your way through it. And they said the topic was not even brought up or on the agenda. Right. So oh, sorry. what does that mean? Kevin, you're back? I am. Okay, yeah, we lost you for a second there. So did you hear what Mike was asking you there? My long no, I did, no, I didn't. I, I kind Mike of talked about the LTIR situation. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll be brief. Right. I said, Mark Stone coming back on LTIR after being out for a long time with a back injury. There are teams that are pissed off about a team. Yeah. Uh, the Leafs with their goaltending situation, with the emergency exception, one game, they said, no, it's not valid. Then the next day when they're playing the second of back of back, back to back games, and they're threatening to play a 20 year old OHL goalie who had a four and a half goals against, then all of a sudden the exception is valid. It just seemed arbitrary. And I wonder if this is going to get addressed. Yeah. And there's something else floating around out there that no one's paying attention to that feeds into that. The Detroit Red Wings, have had uh, uh, Nadelkovich up on emergency recall. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously, Huso was playing, so they reassigned him to Grand Rapids, but they kept him in Detroit. He's been practicing with the team and everything wow. else. They took him on the road, right? and then when they got to uh, Carolina, they said, well, you know, I guess it's a flare-up or whatever, so we're uh, calling him back up on uh, emergency recall, but he's been with the team ever since. And yep. then they just plugged him in yesterday and he played. And when I've asked about it, people have said, well, the difference is <laughs> the Red Wings have plenty of cap space and this is not a cap avoidance right. issue. Right. This is, this is a legitimate concern about the injury, but you know, it does smell right. You know, like they've really sort of made a mockery of the emergency recall. Normal, like you can. This is funny about that. Like when in Russia knows too, so the Flyers and Phantoms um, practice in the same facilities sometimes. Um, you know, at points, you know, and there's just there's a two rink facility. There's a locker room for each of them, right? And, same, and I've I've seen situations where they sent guys to the Phantoms practice. Yep. To save cap money. Yeah, just go on yeah. that sheet. one practice on that sheet. Yeah. The most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. The you know, they just like it's crazy. Just it's, the, it's yeah. the daily accrual. You can send them down and bring them back up. But but right. to your point, Kev, the Leafs had Joseph Wall with them, even though he was in the minors. Uh, technically, Matt Murray was back in Toronto because he has a head injury. And for the last two games before yesterday, they had an AHL or an ATO goaltender being the backup. Because they didn't have enough room against the cat, and everybody's like slamming Kyle Dubas. I mean, how, how you know, how dare you do? Well, he he's pushed, it, he's pushed it to a very far degree here, Mike. And <laughs> I do think, I do think at the draft, the uh, the GMs are going to be talking about this, and I do think the owners are going to be talking about this. It wouldn't shock me at some point as if they do start to change it because they I don't want to change this. Like I said, I talked to people at the GM meetings. They didn't even bring it up. It wasn't on the agenda. The LTIR thing. For this no, I know. But now, now I kind of wonder because I, you know, we did hear rumblings that a couple are mad already about the way this is sort of being handled. And so I do kind of wonder now it, it's, it's, it's getting close, I think, to reaching its end point. And now it's just gotten to be like the NFL when the 49ers used to just circumvent it, like the cap, like it wasn't there. Or, I mean, or, isn't this a CBA issue? It is. Yeah, yeah like I don't think they can do anything about it without negotiating without something. Yeah, without yeah, the players. Have talked about it. And, well, both sides agree they could. Yeah, they could amend it. Yeah, they could amend the CBA. But, by but, you, have to, but you have to have an agreement on both sides, and that's. Right. And I think they historically might nobody gives up anything 
without no, getting. I think out. why they're not doing it is I think this is something that in their heads benefits both the owners and the players. Like you know, and that's why there's no reason they would change. Sure. It doesn't benefit team versus team because some teams can do it. You know, some teams are in different spots cap wise. But right. as far as like the owners go, they get they can make their team better. Yeah, with the no, players, players got more players, get more money. Either either an e bug is going to start a game, or a team's going to have ten forwards, and and you know, and and there's going to be an outcry at some point, maybe even for the fans saying we're not watching NHL hockey anymore. But Russ, we came that close to that yesterday. I mean, yeah. the Leafs went eleven six because they couldn't call up Wayne Simmons, and they were going to start this emergency the 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 uh, ATL goalie, who was a twenty year old who played for Windsor this year. They were going to play him. And then only only then did the NHL give the emergency exception. I mean, and, 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 and it's funny because in the preseason, there is a rule as to what constitutes uh, a lineup and what you could have in there or not. But in the regular season, there isn't. Yeah, was the emergency yeah. was the emergency that uh, that was a meaningless game so we could allow Wall to play, whereas before you forced the Leafs to play Samson off. Uh, Again, against Florida because Florida was in the playoff race. I mean, it just seemed very arbitrary. Convenient. Yeah. It just seemed very arbitrary. So a friend of mine who's a Penguins fan today and a friend of mine who's a Flyers fan today texted me similar things from a different angle, which was really funny. Uh, Penguins fans said, oh, man, that was a terrible loss. But, you know, at least you have a, we may have a shot at Connor Bedard now. And then my, um, <laughs> my Flyers fan is like, it's about time. You know, for the Penguins to once again get like just just happen on happen into some franchise player. You know, like they, the Crosby's getting up there. You know, when, when Lemieux got up there, now it's Crosby. Now, you know, Connor Bedard's not going to get Connor Bedard. Not. I don't think so either. But it is like the way they play. You know, with with, with how they played, and, and you know, it, it, I just think that I, I was unbelievable, unbelievable how this Penguins team. And not to go back on that too much, but sure, but again, like there's a lot of assumptions being made here. You can't even. I'm not even going to assume the Islanders are going to beat the Canadians. Like, you know, I said this three or four shows ago, no matter what the schedule says late in the season, I've seen enough upsets in my life that I wasn't going to start saying, well, this is a lot easier than this. And this is a lot easier than that. Because like yesterday's show, like the, the Penguins, it was not easy. And the Penguins might not beat Columbus. And then at the end of the day, you know, the Sabres, if they won yesterday, would have made the playoffs. So there you have it. <laughs> how it plays out, right? So it's that's how it's, it is sometimes. What? But that's how it is sometimes. I know, it's I know. Just, it's 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 nuts. Now the, the really interesting thing about the Florida Carolina game, I'm going to talk about this before we go, is tomorrow's Florida Carolina game is interesting on a couple levels. First of all, you know, Florida's in the playoffs, that's great. But they're not going to rest because you don't want to play Boston, right? So you're going to try to you try to stay out of that last spot, right? If they win, they can they can stay out of that last spot. If they win or tie, they can stay out of that last spot, something like that. But um, but. If they were to beat Carolina, um, that could also potentially mean that their first round matchup is New Jersey, which is which is ironic because you think about it because they them beating Carolina could end up catapulting New Jersey if they win their last game into the top spot. So Florida, by beating Carolina, might not be able to play Carolina. But playing against Carolina might not be able to play Carolina either way in the playoffs. Is what I'm trying to say. Like if they because if they lose to Carolina, they could play Boston, right? And if they beat Carolina, they could play New Jersey. So we're all saying there's nothing at right now. They're against Florida and Carolina as a matchup. That might be the least likely matchup. Well, I'd rather play New Jersey than play Boston. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. But you know, you'd rather play Carolina than play New Jersey. So you know that's a, but you can't. There's no way. There's nothing Florida yeah. can do. To, there's nothing Florida can do to, to to control that. I think I'm trying to figure out if they were to lose in overtime, would that actually? 
give Carolina enough. It might and actually with the Rollers and all the other. No, if you get to overtime, and you're thinking if you get to overtime, that's a thought. It's got to be a thought. New Jersey has the advantage in regulation overtime wins. So if they won outright and Carolina only got a point, then then New Jersey would win the division. Okay, all right. But Carolina gets, but if Carolina, but if Carolina gets two points, then they, gets then they win the division. Then they win but the division. If Florida gets one. That's how Florida ends up playing Carolina. Um, right. The only way the only way that that happens is if the Islanders lose to Montreal and Pittsburgh beats Columbus. Okay, but no, the Panthers have the tiebreaker on the Islanders, right? The Panthers. Uh, the right, well, well, right now they do by one game. Okay, so it could come by regulation, but it's very possible that the Islanders could win. Yeah, and the Panthers could still get the tiebreaker on that if they got if they were to get one point. What? Uh, what it's, it's, just, it's, it's kind of funny because the way it's not going to change the way the Panthers play though because you don't know until it's like the third period with two minutes to go and it's tied that you could even get a game into overtime. No, but you're going to know because the Islanders played the night before, I think, if I remember right. So like the well, Islanders game is the night before. So the Islanders, it, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a. You, no, but you can't control getting into overtime. That's the point. No, but if you get it, no, I know that. But if you get into overtime, okay, that's you, different. That's a and you know sport. you can, and you know by losing you play Carolina, and by winning you play New Jersey. That's a different right. But now you're talking about the odds of getting a game into overtime. I know, but I'm just saying, should they get it overtime? Is there any thought in this, Kevin, at all? Like, am I completely? Yeah, that's a tough, that's a really tough one. I I didn't even think about all that, but I mean, no, <laughs> the idea of throwing a game to get is, you know, get the right that well, the that's, re- that's reprehensible. You know, it is reprehensible, but I felt like the Penguins, the Rangers will tell you the Penguins did it a couple years in a row, right? Well, yeah, yeah, they definitely did it one year for sure. They did it one year. And it, there was there was throwing of games. It should have it should have been last night between Chicago and Pittsburgh because Chicago is aiming to get the best chance at Connor Bedard. Right, they got two points, and that's probably going to cost them the uh, the best odds. I mean, right and now we're talking about a matchup difference between Carolina and Boston. If Florida, when Florida gets to that overtime, <laughs> I, I, even so, I mean, you I know, there's honor, there's even honor among. There's honor, I know that, but it's 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 hard to. But Ak, I think we've established there's no way Florida is going to play Carolina. They're going to either play New Jersey or they're going to play Boston. No, I think there's a way. I think I think. Well, okay, it's you know, like six thousand. No, they lost in overtime. I think that's that's the key. That's what I'm saying, Russ, Mike. If they lost in overtime to Carolina, that gives Carolina two points. That puts Carolina ahead of New Jersey and potentially gets them a, puts them ahead of the Islanders or the Penguins. So that potentially puts them in a spot where they are. That definitely puts them ahead of the Penguins. If they get the one point. So, it, yeah, they they could potentially. That's the only way you could see them playing Carolina. But I don't know. It's just a weird thing. You get to these things. I, I love this kind of stuff at the end of the year. This is the kind of stuff that I love looking at because it's just it's just fun. You know, it's like. Who's going to play who? Because matchups are so freaking important. Well, I I just I just find it very interesting that we're at game eighty or game eighty one for every team, and right now the only matchup that is locked in place, which has been locked in place for about three months, is Tampa Toronto. Yeah. That's the yeah. only one. Every other matchup, we don't know who Boston's going to play. We don't know who's winning the division in the Metro or the Central or the. Who Pacific. wants one versus eight now, Mike? You're very pretty happy with that. I still want it. It's, it's, a, it's a more fair system. No, but are you happier with Toronto, Tampa versus Toronto and the Rangers? But I have a question for I Kevin think Rangers, before we go here. The I think question the Rangers, is for you, Kev. Um, so Tony D'Angelo got scratched for his fourth straight game. Um, he, you know, he talked about it. I guess this morning about, hey, you know, I want to be here, but if they don't want me, you know, I guess it's a business and whatever. Tortorella won't talk about it. Uh, and if he gets scratched for a fifth game. 
doesn't the coach have to say something to the fan base? Because this guy hasn't played five straight NHL games. It would be five straight NHL games. Shouldn't he say something to the fans? You, well, you would think he, he should. But, you know, that's the, the league is changing now. Like, it's yeah. amazing to me that, you know, we were just talking about this the other day. You know, in my capacity of USA Today, with rare exceptions, if I went in to see a team, I would assume I could talk to the general manager. But how many teams now does the general manager just talk twice a season? All right, you know, so I'm going to give a situation. I'm not going to say who the GM was, but I was at a game the other night, and it was at the end of the game, and there was a moment where a reporter wanted to talk to the GM, and it was legit because it was a, a big-time situation. And as quickly as the question came out to the GM, the answer was no, and the GM flew into the locker room. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's becoming commonplace. And those are kinds of questions. Like when a guy doesn't play that long, like in the old days, the GM would discuss that. Right. You know, so, and you, you just can't get into, I mean, there are still GMs to talk, but there's there's more that now don't talk um, on a regular basis. So it's just a, kind of the changing world. And, you know, the injury situation is becoming much more difficult to navigate. Uh, they're giving you less information. Even in the minor league, I deal with the Red Wings, obviously. In Grand Rapids, uh, Griffins do not say why a player isn't playing. They don't say he's hurt or he's a healthy scratch. You're just left to your own devices. Like there's a prospect there, and we have no idea why he's not playing. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, that, whatsoever. Yeah, so I mean, earlier earlier in the season, we have we had a uh, information come out that uh, Hartford and Bridgeport didn't want reporters to go to cover the games because uh, they weren't, they weren't giving them access and they weren't giving them information on players. So it's like, you know, it, it, it only goes so far. It's like, it's like a closed shop. But it does hurt the fans and the sport after a while. It mm -hmm. does because fans grow tired of that. Mm -hmm. They have these questions and some of them are, are going to tune out. Some of them are going to get tired yeah. of it. I, I would guess, though, you'll get some answers about D'Angelo at the end of the season, and there'll be some you'll, – you'll get something out of it. Yeah, you'll, sure. you'll get an answer in June when they buy it. Buy no, it'll it. be next Monday. Next Monday. Just kidding. Yeah, they won't buy him out. No, I know. I'm just kidding. No, they'll yeah. try and – they're going to trade him, though. There's no doubt about that. Can he be traded? At this point? Yes. Sure. He can be traded if you eat half his salary. He can be $2.5 million defenseman. Who knows? Carolina might take him back at two and a half. That's what they wanted to pay him. Who wants what to mess. do it though? What a mess. That's, that's the thing. I know that, that, that's burns every bridge behind him. You know, I, I, like if you have a young team and you trade for that guy, do you really want that distraction in the water? Well, they're not a young team, and they have. Oh, no, no, I know Carolina's not, but if like Arizona or Anaheim or something I, like that, I wouldn't want him around. He's too much of a distraction. You know, the, 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 you know don't be misled. Like he. You know, he had a lot of friends in the New York Ranger locker room, and I'm told in Carolina he had friends as well. Like, yeah. you know, it's not that he's not getting along with his teammates. I mean, right. even though there have been some issues. Yeah. yeah usually it's tension with his coach. Yeah. If, he's so. a, if he's a $2.5 million defenseman, I think Carolina would take him back. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe you're right. All right, let's, uh, let's, do, let's end the show on something we haven't done in a very long time. Is it, the, is it the draft uh, simulator? Yes, NHL draft lottery simulator. Right? Yeah, all right. Here we go, baby. For those fa fans of tanking, here we go. Tankathon. The tankathon.com. I'm just going to share the screen. Here we go. So this is, yeah, this is um, thanks to our friends at tankathon.com. They actually are friends. I'm talking to you guys. It's pretty cool. 
All right, here we go. And uh, let's on we go. Yeah, just do it. It's okay. We we try. I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do it. People won't believe me. All right. <laughs> I will. The rest never believes me. Anyway, here it comes. All right, ready. We are going to run it. Sim the lottery now. 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 There you go. Here it comes. And the winner is the the, the Arizona. Uh, I would hate. I would absolutely hate it. I mean, it's very small, but it looks like what Washington second. Washington, sorry, Washington second. Um, that would be Columbus third, Anaheim fourth, Chicago fifth. Yeah, um, I would. Ab- I would absolutely hate that for the. Montreal falls all the way to seven, Mike. Are you happy about that? Well, that yeah. Well, that's the Ducks bad. one would be the fascinating one because they would be the ones to decide whether they would take Mitch Cop or not, and. That would be the uh, the fascinating one. Everything yeah, else would be decided up to that point. Yeah, Mitchkoff is not going third. There's no there's no no a fourth. Fourth. Go fourth. But they have Mitchkoff going third. Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter who they have going. I'm saying. I know. <laughs> well, you know, like, like I've said, it's already been determined by uh, nobody's taking so Mitchkoff in the top three. My discussions with God. I've already put an E5 on that. Connor Bedard is going to be in Montreal. Not happening. And E5 will be that uh, Fantilli is going to be a Philadelphia Flyer. So that's how it's going to play out. Montreal. Okay, you keep thinking that. I I don't think so. Actually, I think that the Flyers will be drafting either seventh or ninth. I don't know. When I I watch Fantilli, I'm like, that's a Flyer. And then when I see Tommy Dart, that's that's a Canadian. Anybody. I watch Fantilli. That's any team player. I know. He does. Coyotes or the Canadians. I will tell you, my top 10 is changing. It's going to actually change. Over the weekend, because you know the playoffs are still going on, there's still the Halenka. Like things are not fully settled in the uh, in the prospect world. Aside the from the Canadians is two, tonight, right? so yeah, that's a big one. I mean, you gotta check Sportsology.com because Russ won't tell us that for free. Um, <laughs> it's free on Sportsology. I'm only yeah, telling you to go to Sportsology.com. So go to Sportsology.com. All the time. I know, but go go to. I'm just kidding. Go to Sportsology.com. Check out Joe on. All of his various places they told you before. Um, I will tell you this, Joe, just so you know. Um, mm-hmm. Fantilli is the favorite guy to be second by most teams. Mm-hmm. There are some teams that would definitely take Carlson, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, after what happened last year with the draft, that nothing can surprise yeah. me now. And, and the thing is, Carlson's ripping it up in the playoffs. So if there's somebody that says, you know, that's the better guy for us, or they think, hey, we can get him to the uh, NHL a year sooner. Yeah. It's still yeah. a factor. Desperation makes makes for different calls. That's for sure. Fantilly lace and a pretty face. <laughs> Come on, it's coming. It's coming. It's happening. And the, All right. Remember how the buzz is just hockey. We will talk to you then. See you, baby. Yoda. Later.